We now continue with more of The Mark Milton Show with The Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All right, you're listening to The Mark Milton Show with The Smash. Smash is with getting a second win. He's going to stick around with us for this Ready. segment. He's a Wall Street connoisseur so he wants to hear this segment uh we are very fortunate here in the mark milton show with the smash broadcasting from the miller furniture studios to have with us as our guest matthew fairbairn who is a certified financial uh, certified financial planner and accredited investment fiduciary with visionary wealth advisors uh matt welcome to the mark milton show mark thanks for having me absolutely matt also has the distinction of having lived with me probably longer than anyone besides my wow. wife and family as my long-term <laughs> college really? roommate and post-college roommate. Yes. <laughs> so smash. I'm sure you can have a field day with that. Give me the mic. That is its own, seg- <laughs> its own segment. I remember speaking of, speaking of, uh, of uh, viral diseases, I do recall. So we lived together uh, when I was in law school over in uh, Lafayette square and Matt had what was it at the time, Matt? It was uh, the swine flu. Swine flu, that's right. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, Matt wow. actually owned the condo. I was his tenant, sharing yeah. sharing a bedroom. And Matt has the swine flu, and I mean, really showed no regard for my well being as his yeah. roommate. Just out in the living room, sweating, sneezing all over the remote. Somehow, I managed to not get the swine flu, but I'll never forget that. Wow, oh, that's great! Thanks, that is... thanks for sharing. <laughs> yeah, actually, I remember one time. I remember we had these big windows in the front with these big drapes, and uh, Matt's mom came over to drop off a pot of soup for him, and she kind of ran up to the step, put it on the step, and scurried away in fear of the virus. And I'm sitting there looking out the window, thinking to myself, "Well, I'm in here. What what does that mean for me?" <laughs> But anyway, that was uh, for 2020. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what's been going on in the stock market lately. Uh, obviously, it's been in the news um, with Dave Portnoy Barstool, you know, making making headlines uh, regarding a number of different stocks. Um, but first, I want to, you know, have the listeners tell you about your background, Matt, uh, your longtime financial advisor, wealth manager. And so just give the, give the listeners a little flavor for, for your background and expertise. Sure. Sure. So, you know, above and beyond being a swine flu survivor, <laughs> I uh, have been a financial advisor, uh, certified financial planner for, for a number of years, uh, about 12 years. And I've seen a lot in the stock market. What we've seen here over the last couple of weeks is a certainly uh, you know, newsworthy. It's entertaining, if nothing else. So I'm happy to, to talk about it today. Um, you know, I, I primarily focus on affluent families managing their their investments, uh, handling their their financial goals. Currently affiliated with Visionary Wealth Advisors, which is a rapidly growing RIA. Uh, just recognized with a really cool honor in the St. Louis Business Journal of the fastest growing RIA in the area. Uh, it was close to 100% growth in uh, 2019 and uh, approaching about $2 billion now in, in total assets Ooh, for, for nice. our clients and, um, you know, trying to, trying to keep everything moving forward. Awesome. Very cool. Um, so help, help me understand. I mean, obviously, you know, we took finance courses together at Illinois and, and, you know, shorting stocks is something that I understand big picture. Um, but essentially, and correct me if I'm wrong, what happened here is 
there's an online community, this, this Reddit group, who basically figured out that some hedge funds had shorted certain stocks, right? And then they decided, hey, we can make money by buying up those stocks and driving the price up and, you know, basically forcing these hedge funds to cover their positions um, at higher prices. Is that essentially what happened? And can you, can you kind of explain to, to listeners what exactly took place when it comes to the game stock uh, stock? Yeah, no, you, that's a, you're spot on, you know, so, so really, so, so shorting a stock in and of itself is a, it's a sophisticated investment strategy. It's not typically used by, um, you know, the, what we would call the retail investor, the people that are on these Reddit uh, message boards. Instead, it's mostly utilized by hedge funds, firms on Wall Street, probably the, the most public, the most well-recognized happening of this sort was put in the Hollywood movie, The Big Short, that came out a number of years ago, where yeah. a handful of severely sophisticated investors ended up shorting the housing market and clearly made a lot of money. There was a lot of drama along the way. This is reminiscent of that in a number of different ways, but... Um, you know, essentially, these sophisticated hedge funds were betting that GameStop, AMC, a few of these other companies would decline in value. Uh, it's kind of the inverse of what an, a normal stock purchase would, would be. Okay. And then, but how, how did it, so I guess I, what I have trouble understanding is um, why did the why did the price then go up so dramatically with GameStop? Because there were no there was no fundamentals that would have said, hey, this stock's worth this, but yet the stock went to, I mean, at one point, I think it was close to $500 a share. Um, yep. So what, yep. what caused that to happen? No, you're 100% right. You know, the, the fundamentals of, of whether it's GameStop or AMC or BlackBerry, Nokia, it, it was almost a, if you could name a stock of a company that you didn't think was still around, they were on an incredible <laughs> run. So the fundamentals weren't supporting it by any stretch of the imagination. What was actually happening, and it and it's it's really fascinating. I, I think we'll probably see a movie on this in the in the near future uh, because it's incredible what happened. But what what they did, and what I'll call them the Reddit Army, because there was you know thousands of individuals that were on this message board, and they they ganged up together. They they put their resources together. They had a common theme, and behind the, the leader or a couple leaders that did a lot of due diligence, this wasn't an accident. They, they found GameStop, for example. It, it's public information how much, um, how many shares are shorted. And at the time that they initiated their, their initial buys, over 140% of all outstanding shares were held short. So the math on that is pretty compelling that if you can, and it's above and beyond, it's also fairly thinly traded. So if they could get the economies of scale, get the numbers of people acting accordingly in, in lockstep and buy these shares, therefore forcing the price up, they could implement a short squeeze, which right. then rushes where these hedge, hedge funds need to rush out and either risk losing potentially an unlimited amount of money, that's the risky portion of, of shorting, or buying themselves to close out their positions and therefore continuing to drive the price high. And that's exactly what we saw when the price jumped from it was trading at four dollars back in 2020 to it hit almost five hundred dollars and then the last couple of weeks um before it's kind of it's kind of come back to earth here a little bit since then and um but 
there had there was a lot of regular retail investors that were able to make a lot of money during that that steep incline. Yeah, and that's what we've seen a lot of in the last year or so with people at home. Um, I get questions. I I've probably had more questions from prospective clients on, hey, what does it take for me to be a uh, a full time trader for tax purposes? That's come up a lot in the last year because you've seen this proliferation and and basically day trading, which I find, you know, contrary to what I would view as sort of a sound investment strategy. I mean, people who probably aren't that sophisticated, aren't that knowledgeable trying to time the market and do things like that versus, you know, taking more of a long-term approach to, you know, investing, um, you know, being diversified and, and kind of playing the, playing the long-term game. Um, but that's what you had here. I mean, it seems like it was a lot of, you know, the Robin hood, customers who had these accounts that they set up who would just i guess that's who the reddit army you know they went in and just bought you know million was it millions of shares or i mean how i mean how much are we talking about in terms of pooled money was was used to drive the price up do you have any idea oh so so that that's a great question so it's interesting that the volume was astronomical but i saw a report on cnbc and this kind of blew my mind the average hold time for an investor, so, you know, we, we talk all the time about buying and holding as a great, sound, long-term strategy. The average hold period over that couple-week period was 40 seconds. So it was a ton of recycled money, people buying and selling from themselves to continue to force that price higher and higher. But the strategy was to hold so that the price would keep going up because the, the, the hedge funds or whoever had it shorted would – that's what I don't understand. So they, they basically were, were – holding on to the stock and they kind of had to all do it together. Right. I mean, they almost had to be coordinated for it to work. Otherwise if people started selling, then the hedge funds would have been able to get out of their positions. That's exactly right. The, the amount of faith and coordination that went into this is really pretty remarkable. When you think about, you know, thousands of strangers that have probably never met each other in real life, but are connected on a, a common theme through a message board and, you know, trying to take down, Wall Street was, was really there was a little bit of anger in, in the in the bits that I've seen on this message board, but they they acted in, in conjunction together. This would not have worked if uh, they didn't have the numbers that they had. Yeah, it really is remarkable. And also, um, you know, the fact that they were able to hang on as long as they did and, and stay, you know, stay the course, so to speak, yeah. um, to be able to, and I, I saw one report where a guy made like twenty-four million dollars. Um, he started with ten grand, and it's just remarkable. Yeah, it, and what we'll see now, it was in, on the way up. I think it's pretty easy to stand by in conjunction now that we're on the other side, and <laughs> and the price has declined by almost ninety percent over the last couple of weeks. There's certainly still members of this quote-unquote army that are still holding the stock and are watching their investment disappear in front of their faces, and and we'll see what what their sentiment is towards the rest of the, the army. Uh, when this is all said and done, we're about, we're about at the half halftime point here, I, I think. Well, and one of the biggest aspects of this story was this Robin hood, which, you know, there are many trading platforms, but Robin hood was sort of the focal point because so many of these Reddit users were Robin hood, uh, customers. And at one point, uh, earlier this week, Robin hood basically stopped allowing the purchase of GameStop shares and you know, that, that obviously drew scrutiny from a lot of people. I mean, you had, you had Dave Portnoy, AOC and Ted Cruz all in agreement that what Robin Hood did was wrong. Um, and, and so what was the effect of them stopping 
uh, the purchase of those GameStop shares, at least on their well, platform. So the, the ultimate effect was much less buy side out there. So the price yeah. declined. I think it was I think it declined fifty five percent in the day that they allowed no buying. Um, they did allow people to sell, and on the surface, it it gives the illusion that the hedge funds got a hold of Robinhood and said, "Hey, you got to." You, you got to stop what you're doing. It's costing us billions of dollars. But in reality, there are it was it was not that whatsoever. They didn't turn their back on their customers. There is a number uh, of very complex underlying metrics that go into actually filling these buy orders. They had to have billions of dollars on hand, Robinhood as the entity to transact the buys and sells that were going on. When when you and I buy a stock, it hits our account within seconds and it looks like we own it in the background of where robin hood is coming into play here there's a t plus two trade plus two days so they are coming up and essentially moving some funds around on their end and if they didn't have the funds or the liquidity to to facilitate all those buys it could have been much worse than just saying you can't buy these handfuls of handfuls of stocks for a day or two um so it was it was sec finra driven stuff that was um, going into that. It was not a turn your back on retail investors for the sake of, of, of Wall Street. Wow, that's that is interesting stuff. This is the Mark Milton Show with the Smash. We've got Matthew Fairbairn with us here, uh, certified financial planner with Visionary Wealth Advisors, breaking down the uh, the Reddit Army saga. So, talking about the Robinhood uh, action again. So they stopped the ability to buy it, but you could still sell it. So then, when they're that's what it raised the question for me. Well. How can you allow? Who's buying it then? If you're only allowing sales, are they, is Robinhood basically buying buying the shares then? If you were willing to sell at that point, so it it was. There's still a, a plethora of other custodians. You know, Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity. Though they were all open for for buy orders, and, and there's a number of other you know larger entities that don't even use custodians that can that can transact on their own behalf. So it was just one player in the game. But if I wanted to sell orders. my GameStop share through Robinhood, I could still do that. It would just be essentially getting purchased by somebody on another platform. Bingo. That's exactly so right. that. Okay, that makes more sense because I was thinking to myself. Hey, hey well, guys. <laughs> yes, can, Mass, can Hey, I, you're still with us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is this the Mark Milton show? <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, can I can I ask a question real quick? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so Matt, uh, hi. And uh, – Matt, let me ask you, who had, in your opinion, the biggest influence on Robin Hood? Was it Little John or Friar Tuck? <laughs> Before our time even smashed. But, I mean, the Robin Hood tales are... You guys are young, too young. <laughs> How, how'd your portfolio weather all this, Smash, with well, all the what, craziness? Man, when I think of our show, I think of the Wolf of Wall Street. I think, for example, I parallel you to DiCaprio himself. I mean, the looks are certainly I, there. I would give you and that. then I parallel Dave, producer Dave, to Matthew McConaughey. He was a great <laughs> character in that. And I'm the lovable Jonah Hill, a little bit plump, a little bit sad, yet everybody loves me. It's fantastic. I love it. Wonderful. Let me ask real, real quick. Matt, you are familiar with Wall Street. I know the movie. Do all the girls look like Margot Robbie? That's all I want to know, my man. <laughs> You know what? I think that might have been romanticized just a little bit. Oh, you think that's, so? That's yeah. Not what a day in my office feels like. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great movie. Well, we appreciate you joining us, Matt, uh, to share your knowledge and expertise because I I was 
captivated by this story all week. And that obviously, was a great story. Really. Dave Portnoy stuff, knows man. knows yeah. how to get attention, um, and certainly brought a lot of attention to to this story. So we appreciate you sharing our, your knowledge with us. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely, that's Matthew Fairbairn, certified financial planner with Visionary Wealth Advisors, joining the Mark Milton Show with the Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios, presented by STL Taxler. Dot com smash did you, did you find that did you follow all that is uh matt still with us yeah he's still now, there matt one last question for me man if mark milton was <laughs> so good financially as far as the classes are concerned over there at the university of uh illinois why was he always seen around campus spare changing <laughs> that's my question <laughs> You know what? He he's been hustling since I've known him. There you go. <laughs> my man. He knew me when I was the Texas Roadhouse server, Smash. Big Country was my nickname on my name tag. <laughs> you telling I'd me come that? home smelling of rolls and cinnamon butter. Yeah, they ought to make a cologne off of that. Man. Oh, I'll tell you what, all the ladies loved it, Smash. Yeah. The honey cinnamon food, honey cinnamon butter. All right, we gotta wrap right up the segment. This is the okay. Mark Milton show with the Smash broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios.